On today's podcast, we are doing our first ever recording in two separate time zones. Tyler is on vacation in Lake Tahoe while I am still here in Louisville. Segment one includes a little preview of Tyler's vacation while I give my take on the Batman movie. Segment two recaps the big racing weekend of the Kentucky Derby, the F1 Miami Grand Prix, and NASCAR's throwback weekend at Darlington. Segment three finishes the episode strong with a random question, a few recommendations, and Tyler's quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 14 of the Life After College podcast. I'm your host, Austin Zershmeet, joined again by my co-host, Tyler Brockman. And now we are recording on a Tuesday rather than a Monday. Uh, Tyler, do you want to go ahead and explain why that is? Sure, I'll jump in uh, and take it away. Um, I mean, right now we're filming for the first time or recording for the first time in two different time zones. Uh, I'm currently in Lake Tahoe, the trip I've been talking about for a while, been hyped about it for a while. Um, I think the time zone stuff just had me messed up. I thought that I was, you know, going to be able to do it around a normal time. Next thing I know, I'm in the hot tub, a few drinks in. And by the time I get out, I don't know. You're probably already in bed. Uh, Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, having a good time here. Uh, We kind of came in, got lucky with the weather. Because, like, when we came in, um, I mean, on the one hand, like, we're unlucky with the weather because it is colder than, you know, what you would think for in May. But when we came in, there was no snow, nothing like that. We were able to go to the grocery, get us some food. And then now it's uh, snowed. Uh, for the past couple days, um, and but it'll be melted up probably tomorrow uh, to mm-hmm. give us some some uh, kind of that first half of the week has been kind of very relaxing stuff like that, and then the other half of the week we'll probably get to explore some more around the area. Yeah, um, did you have any crazy uh, like airport? Uh, stories going on see any crazy people get your luggage lost <laughs> not uh, luggage lost or anything like that um, we flew through Vegas and uh, you know we had to fly out on Derby Day which kind of sucked but like that's when the flights were the cheapest and everything so we made it work and um, we landed like just enough time for us to board off the plane in Vegas go like find a bar where they had it on tv and watch the race um so that was kind of cool and then um we had i don't know maybe like a two-hour layover there in the vegas airport so we kind of watched that and then we went to go find our terminal terminal where we were going to fly out of and uh if you've ever been to the vegas airport they just have slot machines all over the place so as one would expect. Um, as you would expect. So, you know, had an itch, had to scratch it a little bit. Uh, put $10 in one of the machines, made a spin or something like that. And won on the first spin, won $30. And knew that you might as well stay up while you're up. So we cashed that out. I don't know. I don't like slots. It's not my thing. But, like, when that's all there is at the airport and you want to just kind of 
you know, the airport. So we did that. Did they have a sport book or anything for you to throw something no, 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 on no. merch strike? No, they make uh, they make you go to the casinos for that. It's just slots around the airport. And, um, you know, I use the Twin Spires app for mm-hmm. um, most of my horse betting. I mean, I on horses a lot, like mobile. Um, but in past years, we've gone to the lake with Emily's family. And so then I can, like, have the – and, you know, do that. Otherwise, like, the only time I bet on horses is when I actually go to the track. But right. – I landed in Vegas, pulled it up, was going to make a like last minute bet or something. Wasn't going to be um, a winner, so it didn't really make a difference. But it said the app wasn't available in that state or something like that. Like, Ooh. I don't know if maybe uh, Nevada so has, like, has every app but the one that only works well, in Kentucky. I know. So they probably have like their own, like, oh, you got to do it through one of these Nevada sports books or something like that. So. It probably just saved me um, some money because I would not have been able to pick the long shot. Right. Yeah. And with you being out in Lake Tahoe this week, traveling out there, I went ahead and picked up some uh, fun facts for you, for the listeners, for you. Maybe you can uh, spurt these uh, facts out next time you're a couple whiskey sours in, a couple old fashions deep. Um. I'll go ahead and rattle a couple of these things off. So Lake Tahoe currently is over a mile high. Uh, It's sitting west of Denver, and Denver is usually known as the Mile High City. But Lake Tahoe is about a mile and almost a fifth up above sea level. So it is slightly higher than Denver. So that might be the Mile High Lake as some may say. Um, you can, you can definitely uh, feel the kind of like thin air a little bit. Right. And the water itself is rather cold than, you know, comparing to other lakes. Um, surface uh, temperatures at the lake can be as cold as the low 40s in the winter and can heat up to around 65 in the summer. And to kind of compare summer temps, uh, around you know other places uh, up in Iceland uh, it can be about 52 degrees while in the Caribbean it's about 80 degrees uh, surface uh, temperature for the water so 65 is still pretty cold even in the summer for you know Nevada mm-hmm. um, Lake Tahoe itself is you know kind of strange that it has you know snow and a bunch of skiing uh, snowboarding trails and stuff like that and can also be you know good hiking um, and you know stuff for the summer as well so it's like the, the best of both worlds um, temperature wise except for you know right now where you're at uh, you just got like a couple inches of snow a couple days ago and hanging out of the hot tub when it's 35-40 degrees out in May another a water fact for Lake Tahoe um, is that the water is super pure. So it's been tested to be like 99.99% pure, which is actually cleaner than most um, distilled water. Uh, And then, you know, in fact, water suppliers who draw uh, 
deep from within the lake aren't required to even filter it before delivering it to the customers uh, because hmm. of how pure it is. So you well, can probably go down. <laughs> you can go down and take a, a big swig and you'll probably be fine. Um, yeah, I did I did touch it and we tried to skip rocks a little bit. Is it um, cold? It was cold. I just put my finger in it. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the day, uh, Mark Twain set fire to the forest. Um, so he had like a small little fire for the camp out of control, went up the hill, but burned out. So technically, Mark Twain did almost burn down the whole forest in Lake Tahoe. And then um, since you're down there, you, you've been in the water, you, you stuck your finger in, I'll go ahead and say that there are lots of rumors and horror stories of dead bodies also being in Lake Tahoe. Um, with there being, you know, so close to the casinos and Vegas and stuff, mobsters uh, will use the lake uh, to dump their victims. And, you know, some say if you go scuba diving, uh, you'll find uh, countless bodies of people wearing clothes from the mid, you know, 20th century or whatever. Um, are you seeing any dead bodies float to the surface when you're down there? I have not yet. I'll keep my eye out. Uh, mm-hmm. When it starts snowing, though, like we can't, like when it's clear, we can see the lake from like our back deck where we're at. Mm-hmm. But um, once it starts snowing or the wind starts blowing and blows like the snow off of the trees, like we can't see down to the water and we really aren't far from it at all. But yeah, that's all the, the quick facts, fun facts that I got. Hope that you, uh, you learned something. The listeners learned something about Lake Tahoe. You can take a couple of these for your dinner party later tonight or this week. Uh, and maybe surprise some of your friends uh, with some of these facts. Yeah, good deal. So what have you been up to since I've been going? Uh, yeah, so we had Derby on Saturday. Didn't do much. I uh, went out and got a Texas Roadhouse to go, brought it back. Got uh, some pie kitchen. I know you love the pie kitchen. Got some ice cream, got some cheesecake. Oh, come on. But ended up just doing that, watching the race. Uh, And then, you know, Sunday, watching the races as well. So a big weekend for racing, for sure. Um, But also, on Saturday night, after the Derby, we ended up watching the Batman movie that just came out. It's on HBO Max now. Nice. Uh, No spoilers, so don't worry if you haven't seen it. But I think I'm in the small percentage of people when I say this, because, you know, I have to be different. The movie itself, hours, a lot of people are saying you could cut it down to an hour and a half, two hours, like most movies. You don't really need all this, you know, filler or whatever. I kind of watched it and finished it and it kind of left me wanting more i feel like they could have you know gone deeper into other things and you know there's a lot of different kind of like bases that they didn't really touch on they kind of bring stuff in but don't go into a lot of details with you know certain parts of the story um i mean i've watched you know gotham the tv show i've seen you know all the the batmans with christian bale uh kind of know a little bit of the story and the villains and the mobsters and stuff. So, you know, they kind of like go into 
not even like really any history of it. It's just, you know, Batman is working through getting through the Riddler. Um, and then even with them doing that, you feel like it all happened so fast uh, with them, you know, getting them and whatever. But I feel like they could have made it probably six hours, honestly, mm-hmm. or done like a part one, part two or something. So you want to see uh, them continue that, uh, I guess, renewed version of the franchise? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, there's there's so much that I feel like they haven't touched on that has been touched on in other movies with, you know, different characters and stuff. So who knows? I'm sure that they'll do, you know, this cast for a couple different movies, kind of like the Christian Bales too. So, you know, it's, it's doing numbers. So people are going to be, you know, making more movies if people are watching them. And I think they are. So should be on the lookout in the next, you know, three years for the next Batman movie, I would think. Mm, good deal. Jumping into segment number two, we have a huge uh, weekend update with the whole wide world of racing. On Saturday, of course, we kind of hinted at it before. We had the Kentucky Derby uh, on Saturday. On Sunday, we had Formula One's Miami Grand Prix, which was kind of the first one at Miami. They had the race be a street course race kind of outside of Hard Rock Stadium where the Miami Dolphins play. So a lot of good things going on there. And then NASCAR also had the throwback weekend race at Darlington on Sunday. Uh, So a bunch of old paint schemes from cars of the past, drivers of the past. Good sight to to see, you know, those throwback schemes from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s on cars today. So we'll kind of start in chronological order with the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Uh, You kind of said before that you landed in Vegas and saw the race. Um at a you know random bar in the airport uh the race itself i mean it was you know kind of starting off at a a blistering pace as what most people are saying they were just going so fast and the front runners were leading for probably a majority of the the mile and a quarter um so a lot of people were you know feeling good about their maybe their boxes their exact bets where they had the the couple favorites up front. Um, And then all of a sudden this horse that wasn't even supposed to be in the race ended up coming from, he was maybe out of the 20 horses, I would say 12th on like the final turn and just was moving. Did you see that drone shot of him? Yeah. Kind of weaving. Yeah, definitely saw that. that. And that was cool. And I mean, not that I've, you know, studied a bunch of the, you know, derbies in the past, but with just such a big field, you know, 20 horses, I feel like a lot of times some horses have like really bad starts and the whole field just kind of gets like dragged out and spread across. But it seems like this one, like, I don't know, five, six, seven links 
all of the horses were basically in that for the majority of the race, three-fourths a mile or something like that, maybe three-fourths mm-hmm. the race. I don't know. It, but they were – it was like a tight pack, and then all of a sudden, you know, then you do. You get to that last corner, and then you, you know, break open. Yeah, and, you know, I was kind of wondering if, like, you know, the horses that were up front at the beginning kind of controlling the kind of blistering pace kind of basically ruined it for the favorites almost because the favorites were trying to keep up with the horse that was not going to last, you know, the whole lap around the track. And that kind of wore them out at the end, letting, you know, Rich Strike come in through the pack and, you know, beat the the favorites by, by furlough. Um, but overall, I mean, it was an exciting derby. Uh, weekend itself was, was great. You know, it didn't end up raining on Saturday, really. Um, just a little bit here and there on Friday for Oaks, but I don't really think anyone was, was paying attention to Oaks racing. Uh, they just go there for to take pics on the gram and, you know, whatever. But Saturday... Yeah, you know how it is. Saturday, weather-wise, wasn't very bad it was probably mid 60s no cloudy but no really rain um so i mean you're wearing you know a suit or you know some type of like heavy dress or whatever on you know a regular saturday in may where it's like 85 90 out and you're sweating and you know you want to get in the shade when it's you know cloudy and you know not too bad outside i mean it's probably one of the the better derbies weather wise to go to um, don't know how muddy it gets or how crazy it gets on the infield or whatever, but you know, overall, I mean, it looked like everybody had a good time. Racing was great, crazy, you know, odds to, to win the Derby. Um, you know, a lot of good things happening within the city that kind of closes, you know, the, the best two weeks of the year for Louisville. Uh, with you know thunder of a balloon glow and then now wrapping up derby weekend um so now the city itself doesn't really have nothing to look forward to until you know kenny payne makes his coaching debut at the yum center mm-hmm. you know with that switching gears from horses to actual cars uh we'll jump into f1 where max verstappen won the inaugural miami grand prix um, ended up catching a little bit of the race at the beginning, you know, with formula one majority of the time, it's going to be a race to the, basically the first corner. Um, you can watch the first couple of laps and then be, you know, kind of satisfied with, with the race, because that's basically how it's going to end, uh, mm-hmm. running order wise. And that's kind of basically what happened with this one. Um, I think probably a, for you know, the casuals wanting to watch F1 because it was, you know, in Miami, this big, you know, event that was supposed to happen and they're supposed to happen. And, you know, to watch the race itself um, may have left people with more to be desired from F1. But typically that's kind of like what F1 is. It's a battle to the first turn battle for the lead after the first lap. Um, but the whole, Weekend itself is like what makes F1, you know, amazing. All the celebrities, the pre-race grid walk that we're kind of hitting at for the quote later mm-hmm. um, is kind of like what makes F1, you know, great. And, you know, no commercials during the broadcast uh, announcers that are, you know, kind of 
in tune with what's going on on the track and are, you know, motivated to get the right, you know, phrasing and, and news is out uh, when the race is happening kind of as what puts uh, F1 near the top. And, you know, I'm hoping that this kind of will boost not only ratings for F1, but also for NASCAR as well and just bring, you know, more fans to, to racing in general. Um, did you end up watching any of the Miami race, pre-race, post-race, any of that? Yeah, so um, we were just kind of um, making – or we had finished up breakfast. You know, we'd made here at the house, and then we were uh, kind of between – doing that and then when we were going to go out to the hot tub later so we watched it and it was cool to watch it with some uh you know friends who were new to the sport hadn't seen a race before to kind of explain some things to them um that was cool we watched some of the like pre-race uh that grid walk you know there's just so many celebrities there uh and the hype about this race has just been i mean it's been up there um, and it's been cool to see, um, yeah, the race itself, I think left some to be desired, but, um, you know, I don't think that they're like complete with like building this track, you know, a lot, some of the grandstands and stuff were temporary, like it's going to take them a couple of years to like really flesh it out. Um, so I'm excited to see that improve. You know, I think they take away some of the feedback from the drivers, um, some of the data from what they see and kind of um, just make improvements for the track and things like that. And maybe we will see better racing there. Um, But as far as the hype, like that's there. Uh, The race itself, it was, yeah, more or less. Uh, first turn, it was pretty much over. Then eventually Max got ahead of Charles, and that was that. Um, the cool stats I saw out of it were that uh, every race that Max has finished this year, uh, he's finished in first. So uh, really puts the pressure on that reliability for the Red Bull. Um, but, man, when he has a car that will last him the whole race, he can he can put it to the front, so it's impressive to see. Yeah, and you know, with the massive buildup of the Miami Grand Prix, the it's only going to be bigger for the Las Vegas Grand Prix as well. Um, so we'll see how that goes there. But we'll finish up with the NASCAR race at Darlington. It ended up starting at the same time as the F one race. Um, but, you know, always lasted a couple of hours after, uh, F1 finished up. So you were able to, to watch the whole F1 and then jump into the NASCAR race and then end up getting a couple hours of the NASCAR race as well. So Joe Logano ended up winning the NASCAR race, did a little bump and run of William Byron with about a lap and a half to go. I'm not sure if you saw the move. But, you know, William Byron and Joey Logano kind of ran into each other with about 25 laps left on a restart. Joey came back, hunted them down. Didn't really try to pass them, but did kind of bump them to shove them out of the way. And, you know, with a lap and a half to go, kind of cut 
Byron's tires down when he ran into the wall. He ended up finishing 13th. So that kind of stinks for him. Um, did you end up seeing any of the race? Did you see the move? Are you a fan of it uh, with the bump um, and run? You know, I didn't see it live. Um, you know, after we watched the whole F1 race, uh, I think I went out to the hot tub. So um, I really just saw the clips and stuff from Twitter, things like that. So you miss some of the context, you know, how these people been racing, uh, you know, the whole time. You know, what have other people been doing to them? What have they seen that's worked? Things like that. For the most part, I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, they said it uh, jokingly on F1 uh, about one move because tires touch a little bit. And they're like, well, they do say rubbing is racing in these parts. And uh, I guess, you know, I like that. That's something where I see that's a difference in NASCAR. Like, you, you know, the cars can touch and not just like fall apart. And so mm -hmm. I'm fine with that a little bump and pushing, get your elbows out, hard racing. Um, I like seeing that. I think sometimes it's hard to uh, visualize, I guess, technique and abilities when you just see a car like make a clean pass. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, was well, this car just better than the other car? Is this driver better than the other driver? I don't know what it is. Um, but I feel like those bump, you know, moves are showing that they're pushing the car to the edge. They're, um, going to force their hand. And I like seeing that. Yeah. And we'll see if this is the end of, you know, kind of their little battle or if it's going to continue on with races in the future between those two drivers. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Jumping into segment number three, you know, we finish every episode the same way. We have our random question, we got some recommendations, and we always finish the episode with Tyler's quote of the week. But first things first, we're going to get through our random question. And this week's random question is kind of tied to T. Brock's little Lake Tahoe getaway. <laughs> um, what is your go-to alcoholic drink um so i had three come to mind that probably are kind of like the three cards that you have in your pocket that you are able to play at any time just depending on the situation um depending on if you're making the drink yourself if you're out at some bar uh what type of environment it is whatever so um probably number one though would be a mule um, whether that's made with um, vodka or bourbon or something like that. Um, typically, when I make them myself, I use bourbon. Um, but I really like that ginger flavor. A um, little squeeze of lime in there. Real easy drink to make on your own. Um, you know, it's basically just, you know, you crack a can of ginger beer, uh, pour a shot of whatever you want. I mean, you're good there. I like to just add a little squeeze of lime to enhance it. Um, so that's that's probably number one. Um, but then number two, you know, if um, I'm feeling fancier, want to be more adventurous with making something, or if I'm at a uh, nicer bar, 
that you know has lots of ingredients to do you know fancier drinks i'd say like a, a mojito mm. uh, that you know um rum um lime mint uh that's good it's also something that's really not too hard to make yourself but it's stuff that it's hard to stock up on the ingredients and just make it like whenever like you got to have kind of the fresh mint um like that's pretty essential and then third um i'd say would probably be you know if you're out at a mexican restaurant you got to have a margarita you know mm-hmm. um what kind again um i mean j- I like just like the, you know, normal house margaritas, whatever, with the lime flavor. Um, that's that's fine with me. I don't typically get uh, them like frozen or uh, with the fruit flavors added or anything. Um, so I guess you see the uh, consistency in my drinks is that I like a little flair of lime to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good in a drink, but yeah, I'd say I'd say Marg's. Mostly just, uh, you know, when you're out at a Mexican restaurant. Um, but there's always mixes that you could pick up and make those at home yourself as well. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be another random question where Tyler just goes off on a tangent and names half the drinks no, uh, that I mean, people I, like, and then I am left I, with nothing. No, stop. Look, I knew that... You know, you always want me to just pick one. So I was very clear that the first one that I picked was my answer. But I had to let you know my whole train of thinking. Otherwise, it's just a Q&A session. All right. Um, so which which one did I steal for you? Uh, you know, number one was fine. Uh, I wouldn't want to say that. Number two, I started feeling nervous because mm. uh, you started naming some more. Uh did not get it at number two, and then you dove into number three. You lured me in thinking you weren't going to pick it, and then you, you know, stabbed me right oh, in the heart. I know I um, shouldn't have, but so, I had to. So, 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 how do you like yours then? Uh, I'm, you know, when I first started drinking, I was probably more frozen, uh, maybe a fruity flavor here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, as you get older, more sophisticated, more professional, <laughs> you don't want to look like you're drinking a little slushy from Seven Eleven uh, when you're going out with people. Uh, so just a straight, you know, house on the rocks, maybe salt on the rim, regular margarita. You can get that at just a random bar. You can get that, you know, at an airport or make it yourself, whatever. Uh, something easy. Uh, something everybody likes, you know, for the most part, you can get it practically anywhere. Any bar knows how to make a, a house margarita. Um, so I'd say that's probably my go-to for sure. If I'm not drinking a Miller Lite, it's going to be a margarita on the rocks. I like it. I like it. And with that wrapping up, uh, do you have a recommendation for me? You've heard me say it once, twice, maybe three times, maybe more. But a hot tub in the cold weather, like where you're like not phased by the cold anymore. And, you know, you're just enjoying, I mean, a good hot tub. It's just, I don't know. It's one of life's delicacies, I think. So um, that's going to be my recommendation. 
you know, don't be afraid, I guess, to take a vacation somewhere colder. This wasn't exactly our plan to come to like half a foot of snow or anything, but right. uh, at this point it is what it is. We're making the most of it. Um, um, but yeah, that'd be so my recommendation. How many people are on this trip in the house again? We got seven of us. And how many have been in the hot tub at the same time? Uh, six and a half. <laughs> so you put the whole squad in that little tub. Uh, it's a big tub. It's. Uh, I think it could fit. Um, trying to think of like how many seats. I think eight. None of the seats are like those like reclining type, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of like around the edge. Some like the ones in the four corners are obviously your your best ones, but um, it's a it's a good size tub. Anybody playing footsie? Oh, I mean, everyone's always playing footsie <laughs> in the tub. In the tub. So. You know, when you get that many people in a tub together, I'm sure drinks are flowing. It's cold outside. You know, people aren't going to want to get up. How many of y'all you think have, have peed in that tub? No, I mean, people are getting out, getting up, um, going in. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Like, you sit down in the in the warm water for long enough. Then when you get out, like, you, you really aren't phased by the uh, cold. Like... Getting out is the worst part, I guess. But like we're I don't know, ten feet from the you know, sliding door to get inside. And then we have all the towels there, so you dry off, you go to the bathroom. When you come back out, like you're dry. So you even though it's like cold and your like shorts are still wet or whatever, like the rest of you is dry. So you don't really feel that um like that breeze cutting against like you when you're wet and you know when you come back out like you could really stand outside of the tub for you know five ten minutes before you have to get back in Mm. and it's i don't know it's been about freezing a little below freezing maybe 20 27 28 degrees yeah i just know by the too bad by the end of this week someone is going to pee in that tub well, it ain't going to be me. <laughs> More power to you. I'm usually the first one peeing in the tub. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to let you rethink that so that you can edit that out. But <laughs> for all my listeners, if he leaves it in, he did it to himself. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that recommendation. I always tell people to buy a hot tub, get a tub. I think when I get a house, if I'm ever lucky enough to get a house... When the market finally freaking crashes, um, get a house, get a little back deck, throw the hot tub back there, have a good old time. But yeah, my recommendation for this week is going to be similar to a couple weeks ago. It's going to be another comedian that I just kind of you know, fell upon. Uh, Chris DeStefano just recently released a special on Netflix. It's about 35 minutes. Um, very funny comedian. He's also from New York. Uh, he's you know well known in the industry. He's been on a number of different podcasts uh, as a guest. Uh, overall, funny guy. Bunch of funny uh, YouTube stand-up clips. If I had to 
recommend just a particular one. Uh, maybe you will YouTube like a Chris Stefano nine one one story, uh, or not nine one one nine eleven story. He basically just goes in and, and tells about his story on nine eleven, uh, and his dad is like a old, you know, mafia guy. Um, so he's got like some crazy like mafia energy uh, that he talks about his dad with. Um, overall, funny guy. He seems like he was made to be a stand-up comedian. He just has like that personality where it just comes, you know, very easy to him. Uh, very good storyteller. Very funny. If you got 35 minutes this week on your little Lake Tahoe trip, maybe throw it on. Have people sit around, bowl popcorn, maybe drink some some mules, some margaritas, some old fashions, uh, and just have a good time uh, watching stand-up. But that's what I got for you guys this week. Chris Stefano special on Netflix and a bunch of YouTube clips. Yeah, good deal. I think I might have seen some like TikTok clips or something, like real short snippets of some stuff. So I'll have yeah. to check it out. Funny guy for sure. And we end each episode the same way. We got Tyler's famous quote of the week. Tyler, how are you going to leave us off this week? Man, we hinted at it a couple times, but um, if you ever wake up early enough or the F1 race is starts late enough that you get to witness some of the pre-show, Martin Brundle, who's one of the announcers uh, most of the time, he walks up and down uh, kind of that grid where um, he's just it's just him, a cameraman, and a microphone, and he's just... I don't know what they what they do to him, but uh, he's just like using it as filler time. And uh, it's a bunch of celebrities who may or may not know much that much about the sport um, that are end up on these grids. And he tries to interview them. They don't know who he is. He doesn't know who some of them are half the time. So it's real funny. But um, the one from uh, this uh Miami Grand Prix that stood out to me was uh, walking up to Venus and Serena Williams. And he was, he was talking on the microphone and he said, I don't know if I can stand the rejection to be honest, but I'll do this for you talking about the viewers as he tried to go up to them to interview them. So funny times. Yeah. We'll make sure to post that clip on the old Twitter page at pod from two Oh four. Just so everyone can get the, uh, full effect of how you know kind of cringy these boardwalks are for sure very cringy but love them